Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this week's edition of Enjoying Life on Purpose with your girl, Kimberly Frazier. We have had a bit of a change here at the last minute, but it's okay. Originally, we were going to be talking to business owner Timothy Williams, but unfortunately, he had a couple of hiccups and setback, and um, hopefully, he'll be a guest with us in our future broadcast. But thankfully, I had my backup waiting, and he was ready and able to step in right in the nick of time, so obviously, it was meant to hear his wonderful story, and it's actually an amazing story. Uh, I, I don't even want to even begin to even try to try to say anything about it because it it had me really captivated to hear this story, and I'm excited to welcome Spencer Goodrich. He is joining us live, um, and it's so much I can say about him, but I'm going to let him tell a little bit about himself. Um, and I'm just grateful and thankful that he was. Uh, available and he was able to join us because again we are enjoying life on purpose and we're bringing everyday people with everyday life experiences and we're bringing them to everyday radio so we're glad that you can be with us be sure to call in ask questions and get your pen and paper ready write this number down 646-716-9397 that's six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. Press pound one. Before we get started, I would like, as always, thank Russ Terry, who is the founder of Life Coach Radio Network. I want to thank Mr. Terry for allowing me to be a part of this broadcast, a part of this amazing team. And I also want to send a shout out to Paul Garwood. He has a show every Sunday night. Guys got to tune in and listen to it. He had an amazing show last week. Um, and this week, I know he's got something wonderful in store for you. So please join him Sunday night, 9 p.m. Don't want to miss it. So, Spencer Goodrich, are you there? Yes, ma'am. How you doing? I am doing wonderful, fantastic. I'm so, again, thank you for joining us um, at last minute. Obviously, you must have knew something was going to lurk around the corner because you picked up the phone right away and you was ready to step <laughs> up and join our, our broadcast this afternoon. Um, I got a chance to speak with some of my co- closest colleagues and share a little bit of your story. And I'm, they were like, oh, is it going to be this week? He's going to be. I was like, no, it's going to be the next show. But I'm sure they're going to be excited to hear the story because I was able to share a little bit about your story. And there's like, oh, that's going to be a really, really good show. So I want to uh, just go ahead and tell a little bit about yourself. Right now, you are currently working at a Fortune 500 company. Um, you're residing right here in beautiful, beautiful Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, and I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to let you talk. So I'm going to open up the mic. I'm going to give you the mic. And so just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, and um, we'll just dive right into your story. All right? Okay. Um, all first right. of all, thank you for having me. Number Absolutely. One, uh, 
Really appreciate just the opportunity. And basically just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm 30 years old. Um, been running after God for the last oh, 10 years, 10, 11 years. Um, I love music. That's my passion. I'm part of a group called Eternity. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I definitely believe <laughs> but in don't... pouring into others. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. And don't forget, I mean, the amazing organization that you're part of, and we'll talk about that a little later. Um, but I know yes. this, it, 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 I caught you off guard, so you didn't have enough time to really 100% prepare. So I'm going to take some of the some of the, the, the takeaways that I took from our conversation last week um, and interviewing you okay. and talking with you. Um, and we can just kind of pick it up from there. I think one of the things that stood out first that you talked about was your early, you know, in your early ages and early childhood, how you lived in one area and then you moved to this area um, at a very young age, at the age of 11. Um, and you were yes. going through some, some, some struggles there. Your family was going through some financial distress at the time and um, it, it caused you to go into a total different direction. So I'll let you pick up from there a little bit and then we'll talk about what happened in that process. Okay. Um, yep, uh, definitely. Uh, um, see, when I was about maybe 12 years old, um, moved out uh, to Norfolk, Virginia, a little place called Norview. Um, lived out there for a few years, not too long, um, but it was definitely an a, a impactful time of my life. Um, before I moved, before I lived out there, I lived in Virginia Beach, nice little mm-hmm. neighborhood, um, but family fell on hard times, and we ended up having to relocate uh, to a neighborhood that was a lot more active in things of that's negative uh, as far as drugs and you know violence stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. Um. Basically. Uh, lived out there for a little while, um, got opened up to a lot of things. Uh, with, Let's talk about some of those things you got in touch with. I know some of those things you said you got involved in definitely was uh, the drugs, the drug scene there and doing, going through the financial stress. That was one way you, you jumped. I mean, I know you shared with me there were times when you didn't have, you guys didn't have power and you were trying to, uh, you know, bring food to the table. And I know that was some things that you dabbled in. And then from there, you would share with me about, you know, the transition into being part of the gang and, and then what happened from there and going uh, to school and being kicked out of school. So those are some really, really real life experiences that we know a lot of people, a lot of young youth today. And that's what one of your passions right now, what you're doing with the inner city youth and kids. Um, and it's, it's very tough out here for these kids right now. They're going through so much peer pressure, so many ups and downs, hard times. And the struggles that you went through at the time, not understanding you were going through that for this very moment to be able to share and help others uh, to hear your story and help them see that they can overcome it, they can enjoy life through it, and you're going to share some of that with us. So I, I know I, I wanted to jump because I know you're a little nervous and you're trying to see where to jump in and pick, but thank goodness we had a great conversation last week and I was able to pull some powerful points from there. Um, but I know that that was one thing that that really got my attention was um, how you were in the gang and how you went, you know, in school and you got pulled, you know, kicked out of school. And I'll let you pick up from there. Okay. Um, yep. Um, definitely. 
first, I'm the only child. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have uh, any older brothers or uh, sisters to lean on as far as direction or company. And my mm-hmm. parents, when we got into a financial situation, um, they were working, doing their best to provide, um, which left me a lot of alone time. So when I got that alone time, I was looking for that acceptance, um, looking for those friends, just, you know, uh, people to hang with. And in my community at the time, um, a lot of those influences uh, were involved in certain things or, or opened up to certain things like smoking, uh, when I say smoking, smoking weed, marijuana, um, drinking, um, not attending school, uh, yeah, just getting into those uh, different type of those things that a lot of kids deal with today. Um, we ended up moving um, from Norfolk uh, to mm-hmm. my hometown, um, which is my hometown is Emporia, Virginia, small little town. Um, Basically, you kind of get away from that kind of environment and go somewhere where, you know, would, would be less uh, less violence, less uh, things going on like that uh, that you find typically in the street um, in a lot of big cities. So mm-hmm. when we relocated, um, I found out that a lot of those things that were taking place in a bigger city were taking, was taking place in a small town and ended up getting wrapped up in that as well. Um, not attending school, uh, hanging with my cousin a lot. My cousin, he used to be a blood, so I would, that was like my favorite cousin, so I was directly next to him all the time and learning from mm-hmm. him and learning how to move and operate in the street and stuff like that. So I just got... You know, just when I lived in Norfolk, I was open up to a lot of things. Um, but when I moved to Emporia, I started actually functioning in those things. Um, I started learning about how to sell drugs and um, learning about being active um, with when it came when it comes to gangs and stuff like that. Um, but over time, uh, the things that I saw uh, definitely, I always wondered. You know, would I would I make it past twenty twenty one? Um, had a close friend. Uh, he passed away. Um, he ended up getting into a shootout uh, with the police, and I remember just uh, staring at his casket and basically wondering what what was I headed toward that same fate. Right, um, right. But over time, I ended up getting a job. Um, mm-hmm. down here back in Virginia Beach. Uh, that kind of took me away uh, out of the street element and basically kind of kept me out of trouble. And my supervisor, uh, he was a man of faith, and he pulled me to the side one day and he told me, hey, me and another young man, he told me, hey, um, God has a plan for you that this isn't it. Uh, he said, I see I see you back here, see y'all guys back here in the back of the warehouse, and I see you guys rapping and stuff like that all the time. He was like, I want to let y'all know y'all can do that for God. Like, you don't have to be out here in the streets and stuff like that. Like, you can do that type of stuff for God. So it's kind of like a seed planted. 
in, in that part of my life, and I was about, I would say I was about 18. So a little uh, while longer, um, still working. Uh, basically, the guy I was working with, we were both, uh, both had dealt with being in the streets and stuff like that. So we were, had our minds made up that we wanted to get money. Um, mm-hmm. So we had made plans uh, in order to get money the legal way by selling drugs on a bigger scale. Wow. So it was kind of like a fork in the road in my life, like that turning point in life where you can either go left or you can either go right. Mm-hmm. And it was funny at that time because God presented me with that choice. Uh, like I said, my supervisor came to me, but then I also we were making connections where we could go left and start moving drugs in a major way. So long story short, I went left. I tried my best to go left. <laughs> um, and another uh, co-worker at that warehouse, he was also a believer and used to always pull me to the side and start talking to me about God, you know, start talking to me about just future positive things. And I used to always wonder, like, why is he talking to me? Like, out of everybody in here, why is he always run up to me and talk to me? But it was cool because he could actually answer questions um, that nobody else could answer for me. So I would right. listen to him. You know, he would say some things. I listened to him. Like, okay, I mean, that makes sense. So one day he asked me, he was like, you know, I want to, he asked me if I wanted to know how to be saved. So it's like, I guess. <laughs> It looked like he wanted to show me, so, so okay. So on my break time, he ran and he got his Bible out of his car, runs up to me, shares, you know, the gospel with me about Jesus and how he died for my sins and how to be saved just by believing in him and confessing my sins and asked me if I was ready to make that move. <laughs> and I looked at him and I... <laughs> I told him no. <laughs> I wasn't ready for wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. And, and what was your reason why you was not ready for that? Well, um, the first thought that I had, I saw myself <laughs> sitting in church, and I was like, I thought about people that knew me. I was like, can can they imagine Spence sitting in church like me? <laughs> Of all people, right? And I was like, I was like, yeah, it's that's not for me, you know. So basically, I rejected that. It was right. like God extended His hand to me, and you know, I chose to go left. And at that time, I really had made up my mind because of the things that I've seen. I saw my my parents struggle. Um, you know, I struggled, and I was just uh, kind of determined. Um, to to go my own way to you know pursue uh, getting things by my way of how I wanted to go about it. Mm-hmm. And about a couple weeks later, ended up uh, going back home to my hometown. Um, they had a parade in town, and it's, um, you know anything about small towns? If they have a parade, everybody comes out. Everybody shows know. up. Yes, I'm from a small town, and I know. Quite a bit of us are, and everybody <laughs> shows up. <laughs> yes. So I went downtown. I mean, I went home to my hometown, 
And a friend of mine that I went to school with, used to hang with, um, he was on college break and he came to visit. And he was just like, man, I'm going to take care of you today. You know, I got you. Whatever you want to drink, whatever you want to smoke, it's on me. So Mm. that day, I ended up drinking a lot and I'm smoking a lot. Um, But I had plans that afternoon to go meet up with the young lady that I was seeing at the time. Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I was so intoxicated where I got into an argument over the phone with her because I was running late and completely forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was like completely disrespectful and forgot that I even, you know, had that argument with her, hung up on her and everything. So, a little, uh, a little later, I get in my mom's car because I didn't have a vehicle at the time. Get in my mom's car, and I'm on my way to go see her. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm about to go see my baby. So I call her, letting her know, hey, I'm on the way. And she's like, okay. And then she asked me questions. She was like, um, you don't remember what you said to me? And I'm, I'm telling you, I had completely blacked out from <laughs> the previous argument. So I said no, and then it went into an instant argument right there. So I'm on this back mm-hmm. road on my way to go uh, see her. So I, I I get into, like, this rage. Like, I've never been that mad in my life. Like, to this day, I've never been that upset. Um, hung up the phone with her. And basically everything that I experienced going through in my life from Yes, definitely being without power, um, seeing my parents struggle, um, Mm -hmm. being without food at times, uh, clothing, stuff like that. Like, you know, just different things that caused me to feel rejected uh, or not accepted or like I had no one in my corner. Mm -hmm. Um, All that stuff started coming out while I was in this rage and driving my mom's car on this uh, back road. And I'm, I want to stop right there because what what you're okay. saying is very powerful. I don't want no I don't want uh, the audience to listen uh, to miss this, but I also want those who are listening, if they know someone who you know they can relate a little bit, to uh, let them know and share this this broadcast once it's over. It goes into podcast. But um, when people feel this way, and and we've all felt it, I felt it. Um, I'm sure. I mean, I've gone through so many things in my life as well. And if I begin to tell it, like you told me when you met with me, we'll be doing, you know, so many episodes to tell the story. But um, just just the fact that how you were feeling, you were feeling rejected. You were feeling as though nobody cared. You were feeling like who who needs me here anyway? And just feeling really really down and discouraged. Um, and that's that's normal in certain situations like that. People feel this and they go through it um, and and some people handle it totally different. But why I thought it was important to highlight this is because I talk to people all the time um, who are feeling this way or people who have felt this way and they handle it, handle it in total different ways. But what you did next is going to speak volumes to the audience that's listening. So I want you guys to listen to what his immediate response was to what he was feeling. So, Spence? Okay. So, as I'm on this road, um, I'm I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs, you know, nobody cares, 
about me anyway. Um, I don't care about none of this. Uh, basically, I say to myself, I'll take my life out. You know, I'll mm. kill myself. So as I'm driving, um, I stumped on the gas, and I started to accelerate the vehicle. And then I finally made a decision to jerk the wheel. So I jerked the wheel as hard as I could, and the car flipped. So the car is, is upside down in the air, and mm. it had a moment of clarity. Like, it was so clear in my mind, I heard it. I said, I don't want to die. And then as soon as I, like, said that, in, I, I said that in my mind, I had that thought. The car hits the ground upside down on the side of the side of the road, um, and it's gravel. Uh, flying through the gra- through the glass, you know, through the windshield at my face, um, and the car ends up sliding in between the only spot uh, where there were no trees. You know, on a back road in the country, it's trees along the road, close to the road, <laughs> for miles. Um, but I mm. slid like right into a curve where there was no trees, mm. and. Um, I was alive. First thought I had was I need to get out of here. <laughs> so I like slid out of the window, crawled out, and when I get up, I see the young lady that I was talking to. She saw the whole thing um, because when we were arguing and I hung up on her, she said that she had a bad feeling and she was going to try to meet me on the road. So mm-hmm. she saw the car flying through the air, and all I heard was her screaming when I climbed out. So that was kind of a turning point uh, because after that, um, I ended up, you know, I realized that, you know, maybe God is trying to get my attention, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Well, you know, you and share I, with me after all this had had transpired, um, of course, mm-hmm. you were thankful to still be alive, uh, but you went back to work the next day and I, I think the following week or a couple of days, I'm not sure, but uh, the same guy that had initially Ask you were you ready to be saved or you know accept Jesus? Um, you had a conversation with him after this. So before you say what happened, um, we're going to take a break because we are you know you've okay. been talking for some time now. I'm going to give you a break. You want to get a support or anything like that? Give the audience a minute to digest this. Uh, but this is good. This is really good. This is real people, everybody. This is everyday radio, and we're bringing everyday people with everyday life experience to everyday radio because it's my passion. It's my passion. It is my goal to help you enjoy life no matter the situation, no matter what you're going through. I am bringing everyday guests to my radio show to share their story. They're, they're being bold. They're being courageous. And they're passionate about sharing their story to let you know that there is truly a way that you can get through and you can enjoy life and enjoy it on purpose. So let's hang tight and we'll be right back.
And we are back in the studios with Spence Goodrich, and he is sharing his story with us, and it's getting really, really good. He has shared with us, um, you know, that he was young, and he did some dumb things, as we as young people, teenagers, do at times, and some struggles and strife that he went through in his life and how he was at a point of taking his life at one point. And thankfully that did not happen because we have an awesome, amazing man who is doing great things and wonderful things for the youth, uh, for at his place of employment where he's working at a fortune 500 company. He's doing big things there. And um, I can't wait to get to the, to the, to the, the, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call it, but, this amazing God wink moment for you when you, uh, once we get finished this, and I know I picked up when we were saying uh, the guy that originally spoke with you about accepting Christ in your life, we'll pick up there, but I'm excited because I don't want the guests to, to, to go anywhere. And I want you guys to hear because it was like a, what I call a God wink moment that happened for him of how he met his wife and what happened before he met his wife. It's crazy, but it's beautiful. So, Spence, I'm gonna let you pick up. What happened when you when you got back to work? You ran into this this uh, coworker of yours, and what was the first thing he said to you? Okay, first thing uh, I get back to work and I see him. His name is Greg, by the way. Great guy. Um, so he looks at me and said, "I bet you believe now, don't you?" <laughs> he said, "The enemy tried to take you out." <laughs> but he was like, God had his hand on you. So he said that, and I was like, I just kind of nodded my head while looking at him. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I guess so, mm-hmm. you know. So um, I ended up taking his invitation and uh, coming to his church. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know there was what to expect. You know, I wasn't really raised in church. Um, yes, and there's a lot of people who were church. not raised in church. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, my mom, she had, you know, she was raised in church, so she took me to church um, off and on, but it wasn't, you know, really consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect. Um, so I go to his church. I, I'm with my mom. Um, I have, like, a little cast on my arm. Um, I think I hurt my wrist or something like that in the accident. Um you know, sitting down in his, in his pew, and the lady is preaching, and I'm sitting here the whole time, just you know, just it's it's like when I think back on it, I don't even remember what she was preaching about. I don't remember the sermon or none of that. Mm-hmm. I just know at the end of it, when uh, she kind of opened up for people to come forward if they wanted to receive prayer or wanted to give them, give right. their lives um, to Christ, um, mm-hmm. I remember that. And I remember wanting to go up there, um, but I didn't. I sat there in my seat. I wanted to go, but I was just, you know, I couldn't bring myself to get up in front of everybody in there and just, you know, walk up there by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. really know what to do. So I didn't I didn't move. And uh, she ended up closing out the service. And before she uh, ended everything, she stopped. And she looked at me, and um, she looked at me, and she said, young man, I've never seen nobody come in here with that much anticipation. Um, You came in here waiting to see something. Um, You came in here waiting to see God move. 
And then uh, she actually started telling me things that nobody had told me uh, or nobody else knew. Um, certainly she couldn't have known because uh, I had never seen her before. And it really touched my heart because I was, you know, standing here like, how does this lady know about me, but I don't know who she is? Um, and that's the moment that I knew that God was real, that he was real and he was really after me. Um, I went ahead and decided, you know, to give my life to Christ that day and never looked mm. back. Wow. So we're going to fast forward a little bit, Mr. Spence, because you know I'm excited to get to this amazing, this amazing part of your 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 beautiful wife and how you met her and what what yes. transpired. Because I know through all of the once you accept Christ, I mean it was just guys the limit. Things were just happening for you and to you, and that's when your life began to really do a turnaround that you would never even imagine happening in your life. But the good part, which is always good, you know, marriage is a beautiful thing and it's just amazing as to how the story happened with your wife. So I'm going to shut up because I know everybody's like, well, you hush or he can tell us. <laughs> so I'm going to be quiet <laughs> and let you tell okay. the story. Okay. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about my queen. My baby. <laughs> Her name is Shannon, by the way. She couldn't be here, but uh, she definitely sent her love along with me. But okay, here we go. Yes, hi Shannon. So, so when you listen to the show back, Shannon, you are the queen, is what he's <laughs> saying. So we're gonna we're gonna make sure you get the copy of this show right after, so you can listen to your king as he talks about his queen. So all right, let me hush. Go, Spence. <laughs> okay, so fast forward ten years later, I'm gonna write a book one day, and y'all can get come back and get the whole ten years in between. But fast forward mm-hmm. ten years later, so. Um, I've always uh, had a little home studio where I record my music, um, me and my group we record. Um, I was actually living with my best friend and his wife at this time, and it was us in the group, just the three of us. And we had this little studio set up um, in this apartment. And uh, one day, uh, a friend of mine, he was coming by to record some music, and he said that he was bringing a young lady with him so uh, she could sing um, on his song. They were collaborating doing a song together. Mm-hmm. So I'm usually the one uh, that records mostly everything, um, but for that day, I don't know why I wasn't recording anything. So all I remember is I come in, and I see my best friend. He's the one uh, being the engineer for the night. And I look over and I see her for the mm-hmm. first time, first time I saw my wife. And I saw her, and it's like I didn't see her. <laughs> I glanced at her, <laughs> came in. I think I spoke to everybody, grabbed some stuff, and then I ended up leaving. So that was my first encounter with my wife. Mm-hmm. So fast forward maybe a few months down the line, um, I get a job installing cable, cost cable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, at these apartments, and I'm kind of having a bad day, um, lots on my mind, because I kind of was in a situation of, uh, you know, I wanted to be in a relationship with a young lady, um, but I was kind of like in, you know, just kind of hanging in the balance. Um, right. She didn't really want to really commit, so, you know, I wanted to commit, so it's just one of those situations, I'm sure. You know, we've been there at least once or twice. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
So I'm in there, I'm installing cables, and the guy's house, um, I'm installing that. Nobody's there but him. He comes from the back room, and he was like, a uh, young man, he was like, um, he was like, I'm a prophet. He was like, <laughs> um, do you mind how, if I pray Vince, for you? How is it that you keep running into these? It's you. The, the, it's the, <laughs> the prophet, the preacher, the one bringing it's like, God is really after you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a movie. Like when you when you live for God, it's really like a movie. Like yes, it is a beautiful movie. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It's a love story. Um, yes. So I'm in there. I'm in this living room, and he's like, "I'm a prophet," and immediately, you know, red flags come up because I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> I'm like, "All right, sure you are." So I hear him out. You know, he asked, could he pray for me? So I'm like, okay. You know, so he prays for me. And then he was like, you know, um, God is really laying on my heart to tell you that um, God wants you to be able to choose the woman you want to be with, not wait to be chosen. Mm. So when he told me that, it was just like, wow, like, he is a prophet. Because <laughs> <laughs> that day, I was actually going through waiting on to be chosen. And going through those emotions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but he was basically mm-hmm. telling me, um, God wanted me to make a decision as a son um, to be able to use the wisdom that I've uh, gotten over the years of walking with walking with the Lord, getting to know Him, and getting mm-hmm. to know His character to be able to point out and see um, a good woman. You right. Know, he wanted me to be able to choose myself. So, heard him out. Fast forward about maybe a year later, mm. so I moved back in with my mama, um, my mom and dad, and I have the studio set up. I bring it everywhere with me, and talking to my guy again, he's like, "Hey, I'm trying to come through and record, and um, I'm going to bring Shannon um, to get on the song." Mm-hmm. So, well, actually, he comes through without her the first time. So he's over my house recording, and she, her name came up. And I ended up asking about her, jokingly. And he was like, you know what? He was like, bro, that might be a good look for you. He's like, you know, she's a real nice girl, man. He's like, you know, you might want to, you know, you didn't hear it from me, but you <laughs> might want to take a look into that situation. So he, so I was like, okay, that's all I needed to know. So the next time she came by um, with him to record on the song with him, it was kind of like an instant connection, and we exchanged numbers. And two weeks down down the line, we're basically dating. Mm-hmm. So we're dating, and everything is going good. First of all, my mom likes her. Everybody likes her. My friends likes her. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's a day, good thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> when night, mom um, likes her, that's a great be, thing, right? Yes. And it turns out I knew her best friend. Like her best oh, wow. friend who, who would give me the stamp of approval, I knew mm-hmm. her. And, okay, okay. You know, she spoke well of me when she found out. So, let's forward, get to the so, good okay. stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so we were together one night, and uh, she was like, you know, you want to meet uh, my parents? And I was like, sure. You know, her parents, she told me that they were in ministry. Um, so I knew. I was in there. I'm like, hey, I love God. I know they're going to love me. <laughs> so, of course, I'm not nervous. So we go to the neighborhood where our parents live, 
And like I said before, I've installed cable right. everywhere throughout the seven cities. Um, so I'm like, okay, oh, I've been out here before, uh, this apartment complex. So we're walking up, and we get to the front door, and I'm standing there, and I look at her, and I'm like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> I've been here before to this exact apartment, and I just looked at her, and I was like, is your father dark skin? She's like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, she looked at me, her eyes got big, and she was like, yeah. Like, how do I, how you know that? You know, she hadn't told me that. And I was like, yo, <laughs> come on, man. Wait a minute. I was like, don't open the door yet. <laughs> so it turns out that my wife's father is the same person that prayed for me uh, that when I was installing his cable. Um, wow. And told me that God wanted me to be able to choose the woman that I want to be with. Wow. So that was her dad. Wow. Yeah. Who? And so I mean, let's just pause dead. there for a minute. Let's just pause there for a minute. Because, okay. I mean, this is like, who would have thought, like, how is this possible? You know, this is definitely what I call a God wink, right? Because a year later, after installing cable, he prophesies to you. He tells you you're going to pick the woman of your, your dreams and it's going to happen for you. And it just really a beautiful prayer for you. And then a year later, you pick the one that you wanted and it happens to be her father that prophesies that to you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an <laughs> all moment. That's like, a like that can't, that can't be real. I don't believe that, but it is real. And, <laughs> yeah. and, you, you, and at that point, you know, I'm like, okay, you, you like Jonah, if you didn't want to get married and you were trying to run from it, <laughs> that was like Jonah running from Nineveh. Like, yeah, you, you had to, it was, you already knew that was going to be your wife. Right. Yeah. So I mean, there's no way that you could not know after that. It was like mm-hmm. a big spotlight was on me. Like, yep, this is her. Surprise. Wow. Wow. So I can only surprise. imagine his face when he saw you. Did he remember you like you remembered him? He remembered me. He was so calm and cool about it. Like, I got like <laughs> the coolest father-in-law in the world. Like, so we're in the living room and uh, he was in the back room and I met uh, her mom first and she went and got him and she was like, daddy, he said he installed y'all cable. And he looked at me. <laughs> He was like, oh, yeah, I prayed for you, didn't I? <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Remember, I told you I had a daughter that could sing. I completely <laughs> forgot all about that. I'm like, my mind is just, I'm soft right now. I'm just no good to nobody. I'm just blown away, speechless. Wow. I can imagine. I only can imagine. Well, I'm going to pause right there and give the listeners a, a chance to call in because I'm sure somebody wants okay. to call in and say something. I mean, because how not? I mean, this is a young man who, Smith, if you don't mind telling them your age, how old are you? 30. 30 years old. 30 years Gone old. All yes, that. Okay, so this is a young man that has, had grown up in some hard times, you know, struggle, his family struggle financially. He's gone through so much. He. Uh, got into gangs, he got into selling drugs, he got into drinking, um, got kicked out of school, um, was ready to get throw in a towel and give up his life. He didn't think anyone cared and was ready to take his life to the point that he tried to take his life and it didn't work. He was even running from God, didn't want to believe, didn't want to go to church. 
And after all that had happened, he had no choice but to say, you know what, I'm giving this God thing a try. And he did. And thankfully he did because his life just took a complete 360. Um, He got a job. He's back in in the seven cities. He's installing cable. He meets his future father-in-law, who he had no idea was going to be his father-in-law, who prayed over him and prophesied to him and happened to be his daughter that he was praying with. So I thought that was, I mean, I think this is just an amazing, beautiful love story from a tragedy moment to a beautiful fairy tale. So we're going to give listeners a chance to call in and comment or even ask questions. So listeners, if you want to call in and talk to Spence or ask any questions or even just tell him job well done or ask questions of what he was thinking and feeling or whatever, whatever you want to do, call in now, 646-716-9397. That's 646-716-9397. Be sure to hit pound one, and we'll be glad to take your call. And we already have a caller. So let's go and see who's calling in from a 301 area code. Okay. Hello, 301 area code. You're live with Kimberly Frazier and Mr. Spence Goodrich in the studios with us. Did you want to make a question or a comment? Yes, I guess um, probably I can believe in Spence. I just want to say uh, this was a very – yeah, I tell you, and the story you gave, it, one, a couple of things I've noted is that, um, you know, I, you've listened or I've listened anyway to stories to folks who've been through gangs, and I hear it on TV, but I've never been associated with anyone who's been through it and made it through. And to hear some of the things that you went through that they've echoed, but it just hit home even more just to hear it from someone on a one-on-one basis. And I think, um, you know, I, I, I can identify with some of the things that you said, you know, growing up, you know, by yourself. I have a, a, a close family member who kind of someone mirrors a little bit some of the struggles that you went through, and it really helps to hear the story that you've gone through and, and more importantly to see that you've made it through and that you're successful. So I'm so glad of you for for sharing that story and being so honest, and to hear the fairy tale ending with your um your wife and um and your your father-in-law, man. I mean, who else? You know, if if you don't believe in God, I, I don't know what else would make you believe. So, and your other story, I just want to say that story of when you were in church and you were asked, you know, were you ready? And at that point, you said no. And I just got to commend you for being honest on that. You know, um, most people, you know, the peer pressure would be, how could you say no to something like that? But at least you were real. You could see yourself and you weren't ready at that time. But when the time was ready, you know, you accepted Christ and everything worked out for you. So, again, I just want to say thanks for sharing your story, man. It was a very, very great story. I really appreciate it. Wow. Thank you well, for thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for calling thank you, in. Thank you for his work. Thank you, thank you, thank you, definitely for calling in. And, um, yes, it's a, it's a beautiful story. So let's see, do we have anybody else waiting? Again, the number is 646-716-9397. That's 646-716-9397. While we wait for uh, callers to call in, Spence, if someone's going to call in, we're going to take another break um, for a quick minute to give you a chance to take a break there because you've done a lot of talking. So I'll give you a chance to take a break there, okay? So audience, remember, you are listening to Enjoying Life on Purpose with Kimberly Frazier, live in the studio with Spence Goodrich. Our guest today came in at the last minute, so thank you for hanging in there with us, listeners. I know we were um, 
uh, expecting to hear from business owner Tim Williams, and hopefully we'll have him come on in a later time. Um, but again, we're bringing everyday people with everyday life experiences to everyday radio. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Back in the studios with Spence Goodrich, and we have another caller calling in at from Area Code Nine One Zero. Area Code Nine One Zero, you are live on the air with Kimberly Frazier and our guest, Mr. Spence Goodrich. Did you want to leave, um, say a question or a comment? I had um, a little actually. Good evening to the both of you. Um, Spence actually had a question for you. Um, okay. I actually work in the school system and kind of exposed to a lot of students who are affiliated at a young age with, um, you know, gang initiation and that sort of thing. And for me, it's kind of hard to, I don't know, I guess guide them since I haven't had any personal experience with that. So I guess my question to you is, if you had a chance to speak to your younger self or give yourself some type of encouragement or words of advice, what would you say? I would just let them know that they are loved and they do have a purpose. Um, I know I was seeking brotherhood and I was seeking friends and, you know, just to be a part of a of something, of family, of people. Um, but I would just definitely let them know that they have a purpose. Um, they are called. Um, the generation is called to to be a mouthpiece uh, for God and to know God, and um, not to allow themselves to get trapped uh, in something that could cause them harm or force them to harm someone else. Yeah, that's good, and I think they're missing that. You know, a lot of students are either you know looking for that somewhere else. Uh, instead of at home or in church, like you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, caller, thank you for calling in. And you said you were a school teacher, right? Yeah. That what you said, a school teacher. Okay, so you're 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 seeing the same like some of these things in in the school system right now that Spence was sharing. Exactly, and it's kind of disheartening, especially um, to see them going down this road at a young age. So I teach middle school, so I have a lot of um, young males. And 
I feel like they may be searching for you know, a male figure, and I'm not that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's hard to kind of give them advice and encouragement um, when they're looking for something something else, like a brotherhood, as um, Spence mentioned. Right, right. Well, that was a good question. And Spence, um, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to respond to that real quick. Um, yes. Even if, you know, I know, like like I said, I was looking for a brotherhood, um, definitely male figures, but a voice that's consistent and consistent with love, they will respond to um, if it's just consistent. It might yes. be hard for them to kind of receive it first, but that love, that consistent love, it'll it'll be there. That voice will be there when they get in those situations. They'll think about something that you said. That could possibly be a way out for them. Right, right. I agree, definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, the teachers play a very big role in some of these kids' lives of, of demonstrating that love that they probably don't get from home. Um, so I commend you. Um, I know we just, I think we just celebrated uh, Teachers Week, and I commend you as being a teacher and facing this every day. I know it's got to be a, a, a challenging task sometimes, but also a rewarding task to be able to have some type of um, input in a child's life and to be a part of the change. So thank you for everything that you do as a teacher and continue to be that love and that voice to those children that need it. Okay. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much. And thank you Spence for sharing your stories. Very powerful. Thank you for calling in. Thank you so much. Okay. You guys have a good night. You too. All right. All right. Well, we still have a little bit of time left. Um, so, again, we all heard Spence's story, but I guess, you know, I, I, I know the uh, the queen and king there. That was a, the highlight of the moment there of the story. But, um, Spence, you know, you're doing some really great things now in the community. Um, you're part of a beautiful church that you guys do a lot in the community. you got an organization going. I think it's called the Forerunners. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. Um, All right, you want to share a little bit of that with our audience, what you are doing and how that's helping the youth? Yes, ma'am. Um, basically, um, the ministry I'm a part of is called Forerunner Leadership Academy, um, mm-hmm. basically preparing young leaders uh, for this time, a time such as this, um, really to instruct them in the ways of God, uh, just walking out this life on a daily basis uh, while also uh, pursuing your purpose and uh, using your gifts and talents um, in a way that will be effective um, to to cause people to become aware of God or to mm-hmm. come out of situations uh, where they feel like they don't have any other resources or things to do. Um, we've uh, come up with uh, something called the ARC Initiative, um, it stands for at risk kids. Um mm-hmm. it's basically I like it. Uh yes, it is basically um a place where kids can come, um, they can get mentored, um, they can get uh taught different things uh as far as um the arts, performing arts, music, fashion, um, creative writing, um, handy work. Um, and also we've partnered partnered up uh, with the HUD program, um, yeah. and they have a STEM program, um, which will be teaching science, technology, uh, and math. 
yeah, science, technology, um, and math. That's good. That's good. Well, since we have one caller in, we got about five minutes left. We have another caller calling in, so let's take this call real quick. Um, I love okay. the organization. I love what you guys are doing, and I really love the ARC initiative at Risk Kids. I love it, love it, love it. But let's take this call and see uh, who we have at 757. Um, let's see. You are on the air with Kimberly Frazier and our guest, Spence Goodrich. Did you have a question or comment? Yes, good evening. I just wanted to first say thank you. I'm a regular listener on the show, and I, I like what you're doing. Spence, thank you for coming on and, and sharing, you know, your story and everything. But I do have a question for you. Um, you know, you, you've been through a lot and everything, but they, they sound like tests to me, you know, a lot of tests. And as somebody who's been through them myself and, and other people who've probably been through them, I'm just curious as to did you find yourself, like, finally passing the test that God was giving you or, like, and if, if so, did you know it was a test, or, or, or is, is it more of a hindsight thing for you? Um, I would say that it wasn't – I wouldn't say it was test. Um, i say it was opportunities. Um, definitely that God was presenting to me opportunities. Um, yeah, basically opportunities to receive from him. Um Basically, my whole walk with him has been teaching me how to receive uh, good things from him. Um, and some of those things, it takes uh, discipline. Uh, it takes me down to my own desires sometimes, um, only to get things that he really has for me um, that's better for me, uh, put it like that. So it's really okay. teaching me how to recognize uh, the opportunities he's giving me that's from him. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, there's, there's a different perspective on it. You know, and some people, like myself, I see it as a test, you know, and, and every time I mm-hmm. fail the test, I feel like I got to take it again, you know. But it, it, if you, I, I like that because it kind of changes the perspective on it, and it looks at it as an opportunity. And when one door, you know, if you don't take that opportunity, He'll give you another opportunity, and if you don't take that one, he'll give you another one. So, like I said, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the show. I listen regularly. Thank you for coming on. And, uh, Ms. Kimberly, thank you for what you do as well. Well, thank yeah, you, caller. We really you, appreciate you calling in. Thank you, thank you, thank uh, you. you. Have a great evening. You guys have a good one. You too. All right, all right, all right. We are winding down, Spence. We got four minutes left. Is there, well, it's not is there. I want you to, because, uh, you know, my whole goal is to share what are some things um, some youth or some young adults or guys that are looking for love in all the wrong places, what are some things that um, you found after the fact that they can do now if they're going through this, this situation or know someone that is that they can enjoy life through it? What is it that they can do to, okay, you can get through it, and not only can you get through it, but you can enjoy it. What are some takeaways? Just if you can name one thing they can take away of how they can enjoy life through this process, through these opportunities that's coming or the challenges and struggles, what would that be? Um, Let's just say take your focus off of trying to provide for yourself. Hmm. It's hard to do. It's yes. so hard to do because we're trained to do that um, in this society. You're trained to fend for yourself. Um, 
But if you're willing to give God a try, he will make a way for you. He will provide you, uh, give you provision um, in order to uh, do things that will be effective, um, that will bring you uh, much blessing, that will bring you Mm -hmm. much relief, peace of mind. Um, Like I tell a lot of my friends, um, and kids that I mentor go to where the peace is. Don't go yes. to a place that disrupts your peace. If it disrupts yes. your peace, it's not for you. Go to where your peace is, where you can focus on your giftings, um, where you can focus on your skills and grow uh, yes. properly. And if there's, yes. um, if you're in a situation where there's no one, uh, you feel like there's you're in a bad environment. Look for those positive influences um, for help. Don't be afraid. Look for help. Absolutely. Look for what you want to be. Pursue what you want to be and ask for help in that situation. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Um, love it, love it, love it, because that is that is how you can enjoy life through any situation is just rest. Rest in God. Rest in. Don't try to do it yourself. That's been so, so easily, beautifully said. Uh, and stay around the positive. Be around positive people. Know that you are loved. Even when you don't feel it, you are. And there are people all around you that do love you. Um, so you can identify that and you can look for that and it can be there. But just know that what you're going through. You are going to get through it. I promise you, you will. And you're learning from this, and it's making you a better person. It's making you stronger. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy and it's going to go away overnight, but it's going to happen. So hang in there. Enjoy life and enjoy it on purpose. And we are so glad to have Spence, who was our guest today. And we thank you again for coming in at the last minute and saving the day for Kimberly at Enjoy Life on Purpose. Life Coach Radio Show, where we bring everyday people with everyday experiences, and we bring them to Everyday Radio. Be sure to tune in for our next show. It's coming on May 24th, May 24th at 7 p.m. I don't know who the guest is going to be, but I promise you it's going to be good. Don't want to miss it. Log on to my website, enjoyinglifecoaching.com. That's enjoyinglifecoaching.com. Sign up for your free 15-minute phone call session with me. Kimberly Frazier, because I want to help you, and I want to help you enjoy life and enjoy it on purpose. Have a beautiful evening and a great rest of the week. Good night, Spence. Good night, and thanks again. Thank you for having me.